0: As I was uh, just in this week and thinking about, obviously tonight, obviously we want to speak about the spirit of unbelief. I realized this fact that it's, it's much more than just a spirit that's there. There's, a, there's like this subtle attempt from the enemy to discourage people. See, one of the things, if the enemy can't trap you in unbelief, he'll discourage you that you would actually walk out yourself. And most people don't even know that because of so much disappointment, so much things that maybe you've had an expectation in a certain way, but you felt unfulfilled in that area. The enemy is actually, is causing you to see things in a different way as what you thought it would be. And in that way of not seeing what you trusted the Lord for, you feel discouraged. And when you are in a place of discouragement, you the first thing that usually starts to happen with most people is you become negative. You become so negative like uh, if you work at Kodak, you can develop all their photos for them. Okay, if you know something about photography, you'll understand that. But the place where the enemy gets you is that if he, if he tires you out from the inside, it's like over December, we were on our way uh, to, to just go to a holiday destination with our family. And it's interesting that uh, we had our car serviced in that week. It, we were ready. And um, it was supposed to just be bearings that that the guy needed to replace. And then the bearings obviously escalated to more and more things. And there was a stage where my wife said, let's just sell this car. Because it's not the bearings anymore. It's now things that I thought about, dear Lord Jesus, is this car even roadworthy? And uh, there came a time where, honestly, out of a place of discouragement that you actually want to make quick decisions based on how you feel without really knowing the facts. Long story short is that we took it to somebody how the Lord just orchestrated through somebody and it was this small pipe that burst and the guys told me, no, I must replace this cooler and that thing. Working out the replacement parts was like over 40,000 Rand and it was a 50 Rand pipe this big after they ran diagnostics. Why am I saying what I'm saying? Because even though somebody is trying to prove out of their experience and the facts that's in front of them, it's not the truth as what it might seem because somebody who's got inside information about how things really work knows better. The problem is sometimes we turn to other sources and we deviate away from the word and we've got a different perspective about what's really what God is busy doing. And the devil can keep us occupied in those areas that you make hesitant, quick decisions that will actually, it will give you a detour to where God is busy taking you. How many of you have ever felt in your life you just want to quit? Honestly, I've been there. Can I? Yes, sir. Okay, I can't say you can't record me because we are live streaming. Can I tell you something? There were many times in my life that I felt like, you know what? Maybe ministry is not for me. It wears, you, it wears you out. Beautiful people who love the Lord Jesus Christ with you, they stand with you in church, are the same people the enemy might be using to wear you out, that you would make decisions based on how you feel. You see, if the enemy can get into your inside world, he's got no control over that anymore because now it's you that's cooperating with him. That's where the spirit of unbelief comes in because He just gives you a bite, And the more you start working on it, you are starting to feed from the inside. That's where most of the things, if we don't understand the Scripture, that it's your responsibility. It says the following in the book of Jude. It says, keep yourself in the love of God. And then a few verses down it says, and then He will keep your feet from stumbling why is that important because it's my job to keep myself in the love of god it is his job to keep my feet from stumbling but if i am the one who is causing myself to stumble i'm working against the will of god then i don't understand uh, 2 corinthians that speaks about uh, i think 2 corinthians uh, 10 verse 5 uh, somewhere there speaks about that it's my responsibility to pull down every argument that tries to raise and exalt itself against the knowledge of God. Why is that important? Because if I don't know what the knowledge of God is, what will I be pulling down? Discernment is not the place where I feel like, hey Megan, something is up there and now, now I get to my discerning eyes and I get all spiritual and now I start rocking to and fro. No man, that's not discernment. Discernment is knowing you telling me uh, Madeleine is my wife. By fact and experience, I know she's not my wife. My wife is sitting on the first road, right there, personal experience, hand in hand. We clap for that because it seems so stupid, but it's really the truth. That is what discernment is. I know that I know that I know that is not my wife. This is my wife. If you've been with Jesus, anything else, every honest spirit that tries to come and, and navigate your inside world, you know that is not the Holy Spirit. Now we're praying, give me a gift of discernment. Now get into intimacy with God, then you'll know. So now I can't just go, okay, just receive discernment. No, you get a gift of discernment, but that's what it is, it's a gift. But again, I find knowledge and personal application far outweighs any gift. Why? Because God is interested. In fellowship and communion. That's why I, I laughed. Yesterday we had a wonderful time with our family, some extended family. Things God is just amazing. At the beginning of the year, I prayed a few things. There were that was on my list. I won't say my bucket list because then it feels like I'm dying. So, but there were a few things on my list for this year that I'm really trusting the Lord for. One of the things was uh, I wanted to have a family meeting but in a bigger context, which was like kind of impossible because everybody is scattered right around the world. And about two weeks ago, I just had this thought, that was like in the week, the Wednesday, Thursday. That Saturday morning, I was driving somewhere and I got a phone call. It's like, listen here, are you available to have a family meeting This, like in two weeks from now? We know it's short notice, but your family from Canada, Taiwan, all over the place, everybody's traveling and they year here in South Africa for this weekend. And it was beautiful to have everybody arrive. Uh, and now the interesting thing is that obviously because people know that you're in the ministry, there's always this ex- expectation. You know, you need to pray for the food. Why we do? Oh. And then there was this one conversation. Somebody's not family. And let me just check if he's not here. And I can just tell the story. We were standing by the fire. It's just funny if you think about it. And he starts speaking to me because his, his, his words, no, let me not expose him because maybe he would listen in. We invited him. But it's interesting that somewhere in the conversation, he said, no, I've also got an uncle that's, because he asked me, well, me and Melani, we were busy brawing, and He's like, what do you do for a living? And I asked the question, do you really want to know? Because I know the tables usually change very quickly. So usually I've got this phrase, I'm like, no, I'm working with my my father. Because that's just what I say. And they're like, what do you do? I'm like, a little bit of everything. Because that's kind of a safe thing to say. Because you do. You do like HR. You do marketing. You do uh, people development. You do training, skills development. um, Everything Ephesians 4. That's what we do. But nobody needs to know. Now that you know, you... Okay. Anyway, this guy asked me, so what do I... What I do for a living? I was like, Do you really want to know? And he says, Yes. And I said to him, no, I'm a pastor, and that smile just came. <laughs> and he's just looking through his meat, and then I'm 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 just looking at this guy, and myself and we were looking at one another and thinking, like, Okay, we're waiting for this response. He's like, Oh, that's great, because that's the only thing he can say. And then he says, Yeah, I've also got a was it his uncle or his Somebody in the family line knows they're also a reverend. I'm like, wow, that's nice. And then Melania is like always guns blazing. She's like, so when did you accept the Lord Jesus Christ? And he's like, now you're putting people on the spot. And why am I saying what I'm saying? Because if we come to a place out of personal experience, Jesus says, you will be my witnesses. You cannot be a witness to something you've never experienced. Most people represent Christ on somebody else's testimony. I'm telling you, you are a false witness. You need to bear the Lord Jesus Christ for yourself. Most people just want the impartation. Say with me, impartation. You see, you even said it. Which is great because you can impart gifts, but you cannot impart a relationship with Jesus to somebody else. I cannot go to Pastor and I say, listen here, let me impart you my relationship with my son. My kids will stand there and say, like, Daddy, what are you doing? It, it doesn't work like that. But if I'm in a relationship with Jesus, I become a witness and it's easy for me to testify in certain things that looks like Him and actually doesn't look like Him. And that's where unbelief we want to speak about tonight. That's where the enemy is so cunning in these days. The Bible says in, in, in 2 Corinthians 11:3, 3, it says, Be careful of, the, of how the enemy, the same way he deceived Eve, that you would not be deceived by the cunningness of the evil one. He's cunning. Why? why how? And what way does he, does he become cunning? He can even use Christians around you who has not surrendered their will to the Lord to become a vessel. In other words, you become the devil's Christian. I don't want to jump into that, but when we speak about the spirit of unbelief, if you can imagine you've got a beautiful garden. Now, now one thing I can tell you about my wife, my, love, my wife loves plants. I feel like, I've never had a revelation. You know, when I, I want to bless her, she wants to go to a nursery. I feel like, why? Why do you want to do that? You walk through these plants and you smell the humid things and I'm like, why? It's so hot in here. Why, why do you? And I'm looking like, I need to pay 300 rand for this plant. Are you crazy? Let's go and walk in somebody's garden and just take it. I'm just joking. I won't do that. But if you're in a garden, we've got, a in our yard, we've got big trees. And when we moved in, we planted a few um, fruit trees. And it's interesting, when it starts raining, there's always weeds around. And all of a sudden, if you just leave them, the weeds start actually growing faster than what the plant actually do. The problem is, if we look to the same way that our belief in Jesus Christ, if it's unkept, If you're not aware to what is busy growing in your garden, the Bible says the following, it says, and the sower went out to sow a few seeds and some of the seeds fell on the rocky places. Some fell in the places where there was thorns and other one one fell on the the road and other ones fell in in a fruitful field. Here's the thing I want you to know. The sower, we know that from the scripture, it says the sower that sows the seed is the word of God. And all of the different places is the conditions in what the word word is received. Is it true? You're still with me. The problem is we always make this statement. We make the statements of if if it's God, there will be fruit. Mm, Well, from the scripture, it's actually very contradictory. Because all of them had the word of God. But not everybody was receptive to the word of God. The problem is, if I'm going to judge a word based on the fruit, I need to be asking, what is the condition in which I receive the word? Jesus speaks to 10 lepers. One returns. And He says, did I not heal nine other? But it's only one who was fully restored. I'm telling you in this evening, unbelief will take you out of what God is busy doing in your life and you can bind the devil you can do all the rest of the things but if we don't check our hearts we are not fertilizing the place where God wants me to grow in faith okay you're still with me the beautiful thing about if if we look to 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 what grows in a garden is that any tree needs nourishment and water okay if you don't water a plant it's going to die Some of you need to have that revelation. I've met somebody, I've met two people in my life that they actually killed a fed planter. What do you call a fed plant? That is a gift to kill a plant that doesn't need water. (laughs) Truly, I think afterwards we're just going to call a ministry line. Just pray that the Lord gives you green fingers, the Adam anointing, attain to your garden. Listen here. What am I trying to say? The Bible speaks in most of the things where the Lord speaks to us. He speaks in agricultural things. It's a tree, he speaks about seeds. He speaks about trees. He speaks about fruit. And it's interesting if you look at Psalm 1, Jeremiah 17, it says that you as a person, if you accepted the Lord Jesus Christ, you must be planted next to a river. Why? Because roots are always searching for nourishment. Most people only want to be fed on a Sunday, yet they want to bear the fruit of God. It's not going to happen. You are deceived if you think that you can come and live on somebody else's message for yourself and think about read your Bible, pray every day, and you will grow, grow, grow. You can sing that song until Aiden writes and Asher writes a new beat to it. You are not going to change unless you open up the word, the scriptures and the Scriptures elevates the Word of God because there is a difference. Most people who say, no, I lack in faith, and what they do is they do Bible roulette. Have you ever heard about Bible roulette? Lord, where should I read? Drrr, pages. Wah! <laughs> I will kill you and all your descendants. Oh, no. Lord. <laughs> That's why most people never read the Bible because they take the letter. And the letter never gives life. If I search the Scriptures, I read until He speaks. I'm telling you, one of the things that people neglect the most is the Bible. And you've got apps on your phone. Friends, we are without any excuse to say, no, I just want the Word of God. Well, you've got your Bible. Listen here. Romans 10 says the following, faith comes by hearing and hearing comes by the word of the Lord. Is it true? Faith does not come by hearing the word of the Lord. Otherwise you can take your, you can listen to every sermon. You can even put up the audio Bible while you sleep. And the next morning you'll walk in signs, wonders and miracles. There'll be this cloud around you because if faith comes by just hearing the word of the Lord, Every single person will be the next revivalist. But it's when I take faith comes by hearing. Hearing what? The voice of God. And the voice of God is linked to the word of the Lord. It's when I take the scripture and I say, the Holy Spirit, speak to me. What did the Holy Spirit say? He said, and I will, I will tell you once again, I will bring to remembrance every word that Jesus said. Most of the time, the Holy Spirit is quiet because you've never even read what Jesus said. What should He bring to remembrance? I'm telling you, if we are speaking about the spirit of unbelief, it makes total sense. If you are a wordless Christian, why there's so much, so much unbelief? What we look to, this, to, the, to the Scripture, we're going to get into a place right now. In Mark 9, it speaks about there was a father who brought a demonic child to Jesus. Actually, to his disciples first. And Jesus was busy with his ministry and he was preaching and it's, it's, it's amazing. And he comes to this place and there's a quarrel that's busy going on. And Jesus is like, what, is this? what are you guys arguing about? And he says the following. He says, I brought my child to your disciples And uh, they couldn't drive out the demon. And all of a sudden, the Bible says, when the demon saw Jesus, he fell into convulsions and he was like, ah, he's just making a scene again. And from that scripture, we understand that Jesus is busy. While He's he's busy um, just having this convulsion, He was trying to distract Jesus from what is actually really going on. You see, that is what the enemy is so good at, is to distract people. Do you know that you can sit here in church and you can already think about, what am I going to eat when I get back home? Or about, Ooh, what's happening this week? All while the word is being preached, your mind is at a different place. That's why God said to Moses, Moses, come onto the mountain. And when you're on the mountain, be on the mountain. Why? Because you can be in a place with God, but your mind is at a total different place. Most people go into their prayer closets, in their prayer places, even by your bed or your stoop or whatever. And you start off, and you know in those places, that's where your mind starts thinking about other things. And you think about, okay, thank you, Lord. You're reminding me now. No, that's your mind just distracting you. You need to be praying through it. Jesus says, can you not even pray for one hour? People are so heavy on tithing in terms of their money, but they can't even tithe to God in time. Why? Because of unbelief. Does God actually hear me? How can I think about a loving God that He saved my soul and then He doesn't even want to speak to me? It's like me inviting my children. I'm like, hey, come and come to me. And when they come to me, I just, I'm quiet. This invitation, no, if they really want to come, they can come. No. Bible says, you earthly fathers know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will He not give to you the Holy Spirit? The problem is that we've exchanged the place of the Holy Spirit with our own will in unbelief. That He's busy talking to you right throughout the day. You're passing somebody who says, pray for Him. And you feel like, I can't pray for Him. You stand in the shop and the Lord says, pay for that person's things. You're like, no, I can't pay for the things. If I pay for that, then I won't have any money. And He's testing your obedience the whole time. Why? Because it's a relationship. We quote this, trusting the Lord. The question is, can the Lord trust you? Can we be trusted with His Word? So if we look to the Scripture, it's beautiful, where where Jesus was was then saying to this boy, He says, how long was this? And He says, now from birth. And He goes throughout this whole thing. And Jesus rebukes the Spirit, And all of a sudden, when it comes out, there was great rejoicing. And then the the disciples take Jesus aside and they say, but why when we prayed, when we tried to cast out this demon, why didn't they want to leave? And Jesus says, this kind only leaves by prayer and fasting. Listen here. No fasting and prayer will cause demons to flee. Fasting and prayer... For your own relationship with Jesus, you see, when Jesus was saying this kind only comes out by prayer and fasting, he was speaking about the unbelief. (laughs) If you understand this thing, when Jesus made this statement, he says, You unbelieving generation, how long should I still be with you? Why did he say that? Because unbelief only gets casted out when I'm walking in total openness with the Lord. And then in that stage, I fast and I pray. And what I'm doing is I'm putting down my flesh so that I can live for God. Not the demon problem. It was a flesh problem, an unbelieving problem. Most people went through the January fast through the motions. Is it true? Guys, we're fasting in January. Why are you fasting? No, no, the church is fasting. No, you were dieting. If it was not based in prayer and communion with the Lord. You were detoxing. Let's call it what it is. Can I make an open statement? Please don't be angry. That's why sometimes I, I feel like when, when we speak about fasting and people get into, no, can I do this? Can I do this? Then rather not. Because you are trying to figure out what will fit you, not that you will actually be laying down. You know what that is called? Unbelief. Most people even struggle to give a tithe because what if I don't have enough? Unbelief. If there's a person with, a, with an ankle problem and I lay my hands up and say, what if nothing happens? Unbelief. So that's why the enemy is paralyzing us from the inside and he's just making suggestions and you're just walking in it. And I'm gonna speak to myself because why is that so important? Because God says, Jesus made the statement, when I return to earth, will I find faith? Faith is the highest commodity that you can have in the kingdom. Faith as small as a mustard seed can move a mountain. Here's the point, if it's only faith alone, not faith mixed with something else. Something this small can move something that big if it's only this. Faith, faith, say with me faith. The very Afrikaans people were just saying faith. Okay. You see, if, if we look to, I'm going to get into just three things that I just have in my heart. But the presence of God highlights what's already inside of us. Do you know, like I mentioned in the garden, the, the, if you look to the rain, man, I was so grateful when it rained this week. It was so hot. And when it was raining throughout the evening, it was so beautiful. And until we had a, a garden worker that was with us again, and the weeds also said, hello, we are still here. And I needed to go and I do my spray bottle, walk through the yard, just spray it, it's nice. But the rain, which is a blessing to the plants, is also the same blessing to the weeds. See, the presence of God is everywhere, whether you like it or not. David writes, he says, where will I go where your presence will not find me? So most people are, God, where are you? He's everywhere. He's everywhere. Even when you go to the pit of Sheol, <laughs> do you think that there will ever be a time that God would just leave you if you call it His name? It's impossible. That's why John 10 says, who's strong enough to pluck you out of my hand? That question, who? It's even you. Are you strong enough to pluck yourself out of the hand of God? No, you don't sit the power. He's the one who can cast you into hell or take you to heaven. That power belongs to Him. But because of unbelief, we question a lot of things. Where people think, that you know, when I die, I'm going to stand in front of the judgment seat of God. And you know what, if I, if I do this, this is going to be the repercussion. And we've got analytical thinking. Do you know that God is the most smartest being that there is? And He's got no problem with faith. Why? Because He is I am. When Jesus sat in the upper room, I listened to something that really blessed me so much. When Jesus was sitting in the upper room with His disciples and He was washing their feet on His way to go to the cross, there were three things that that was busy highlighted. The first thing is that, obviously we know Peter said, Lord, I'll never deny You. The second one is where, where John was leaning on the breast of Jesus He's just sitting there, which I think it's very weird for a man to sit on another man. It, it, it's just my mind just thinking that way. But unless you love somebody, I remember the time with Pastor Coral when he was still around. He has just an amazing time. Man, he was a hugger. And when he hugged you, you felt like, just hold me f- more. Because big hands, big person just holding you. is like, yes, man, I can, I can sing of your love forever. Okay. It's just how I felt. And the third one was Judas walking out to betray Jesus. Three different scenarios, the presence of God highlighting everything that was already inside of them. You see, the big thing is that we need to be able to recognize what seeds the enemy has been planting us in us through unbelief. Because if we don't pluck it out, you think you're walking in the light, but actually your your light is darkness. People doing a lot of things in the name of God, but it's actually in a place of fear. People who say, No, I feel the Lord says this is wisdom. Listen here, my son, I'm gonna speak about my elder son. He doesn't understand fear. It's a good thing, but it's also a bad thing. It's just me as a parent speaking because he will climb high trees and he will just hang off of them. I'm like, no, don't do that. Please don't do that. Why? Experiences, I already fell out of trees when I was younger. It might sound like me giving Him wisdom or it's me speaking out of a place of fear. I need to make sure that the place I'm speaking out of is a place that's in line with the heart of God, not out of my own insecurities and fears. Because otherwise, if I speak out of fear, I'm empowering another world thinking that I'm doing the good thing. That's why the Bible says, perfect love casts out all fear. If you are not in love, fear is always at the, door, at the doorstep. People heard about, you know, 2023, it's going to be a year of, one of my family members also mentioned yesterday, you know, it's going to be a difficult year. I said, for who? I said, we actually just started to turn the conversation. I'm saying, honestly, this was the first January that I didn't feel like it was the 58th of January. I didn't feel that. I can't remember a time in my life where I earned my own money, where I felt like, dear Lord Jesus, why is this calendar stuck? That's just how I felt. And I mentioned, we turned around, I'm like, honestly, can we tell you about certain things that just happened in the last seven days? And we started to testify about things. And and she said, did somebody just do that for you? I'm like, yeah, that's what the Lord did. It's like, but, but how? Well, you already decided it's going to be a hard year for you. Then let it be a hard year for you. But for me and my house, we will serve the Lord our God. I decided is that the Bible says this, goodness and mercy will follow me. Does that include the year 2023? then why are we listening to the world? Recession. For who? All riches is in Christ, in glory. The problem is people don't know the glory of God. So that's where there's no riches. I'm not speaking about spend your money, go buy the latest Louis Vuitton to try and impress people who don't care because that's also out of a place of rejection because you want acceptance. Live within your means, but trust the Lord that anything is possible. I spoke to a lady last week. She's like, no, she's applying for this this bursary and whatever. She doesn't know if she's going to get it. I'm like, whoa, whoa, can I just stop you right there? Why are we even having this conversation if you're a believer? I said, do you want to, to, to have it, yes or no? She said, yes. Then I said, well, then speak according to that. It's not positive self-talk. Hey, we live by faith. Your faith only goes where your mouth is speaking. That's why the Bible says, cast your, your, your burden upon Jesus because He cares for you. Put your eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. Where your face is turned towards, that's in the direction where you'll be going. That's why most people live in the past because they're looking like this the whole time. I'm saying to you, no, we're not. That's what unbelief does. You see, in the past, I applied for a business thing and it didn't work. Well, who says it's not gonna work now? You already decided, your experience told you out of fear that it's not gonna work. Well, do it again. Do it again. After that, it did work, then do it again. I'm saying to you, that the Lord is busy doing something and it's going to cause people, He wants His children to walk, not just in in divine prosperity. We know that. Can can I make a statement? If we oppose that God wants to bless you, you know you've got a demonic problem. The devil wants to keep people in bondage and the Lord wants to prosper you. And God is not asking you to, to get a yacht and a... 90 million hours there and now you can live luxurious. That's not the, because that doesn't benefit the kingdom in any way. That's just you enjoying your money. What I'm saying is that God's heart is to prosper you so that you can be a blessing to other people. Positioned for purpose. But if I'm enriching myself and I'm just looking after myself, that self problem that we have, that's maybe why the Lord is not entrusting you with anything. The book of James says this. It says, you only ask because of your own selfish ambitions. That's the reason why you don't have. If God answered all your prayers today, that you prayed yesterday, how many other people's lives will be changed? <laughs> or will you just wake up? Yeah, my bank account. Yeah, yo, yo, look at my new car. Oh, okay, my debts are paid off. And then what? And then you're going to start hoarding. See, poverty is not having nothing. It's having something but ne- never having enough. I'm saying to you, unbelief keeps us bound as Christians and we don't even know that we are bound in that area. I want to do, do three things. First one is, we need to overcome Unbelief. The first one is by the will of God. Most of us have never tried to discover what is the will of God. That's why we are walking in a defeated life. The Bible says the following. It encourages us. It says, make everything. Make it your goal to find out what is the good and pleasing will of God. Not just for everybody, for your life. My goal is for my life because God might be sharing something different with me that is with that is sharing with with William And that is God What applies to me doesn't necessarily need to apply to him because we've got different different purposes to fulfill Listen here if you find me selling houses, I Maybe I'll be able to sell a house, but I don't have the grace To do things like the way that that William and 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 Madeline's doing that They've got a grace. It's a gift I've seen estate agents, they pouring oil on the properties. Now, I've not seen that, but in my mind's eye, I've, I've imagined that. And they're like, Lord, I call this, this thing should be selling. And they're just going out. Listen, I've seen her operate. We've bought property through them. I felt like, yes, I felt so sorry for the people because they felt like, because they showed our house. They're like, listen, you're going to buy this house? So here's the contract. And um, and I felt like, yes, are we doing this? Is, are they actually signing right now. I thought there's going to be a lot more drama that's should be having, okay, let's get a second opinion, the evaluation. No, they just do that because they've got the grace to do that. The same way if you're a teacher, you've got the grace to work with children. But if you're not walking in your grace, you're walking in somebody else's opinion, you will function in unbelief because the place which you're living out of is disappointment. You can't be me. I can't be you. That's the beauty of the kingdom. If I tell you, listen here, can, can I give you a revelation? Yes. Nobody can teach you places and how to pray. Come on. That's right. Prayer teaches prayer. Come on. Yes. So good. I can't teach you how to have, to, 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 to have a prayer life because the more you pray, the more you realise what God likes and what He doesn't like. Right. But in the way He speaks to me, it's not the same way that He speaks to my wife. I'm, the, I'm a different person. I love bad sounds and I can pray in the Spirit. My wife listens to this upbeat music while she's praying the Spirit. I'm thinking, how can you hear God like that? It's too noisy. But she connects and she comes out. And she's like, you know what the Lord just said to me? I'm like, did God even speak? That's just how I feel. Because I judge it according to myself. And if I place that burden on another person, that's why most people feel discouraged to pray because you've tried to follow another person's pattern and it didn't work for you. That's why it's called a relationship. Have a relationship with Jesus. If you're in walking, in right standing with the Lord, there is no place for unbelief. Why? Because then you become a partaker and a witness yourself. I can't expect... For a person like I saw him uh, quite earlier, JP. He's sitting there at the back. Yes, other JP. There's another, but other JP. I saw you. I can't eng- to expect him to do the things that I'm walking in, the, in, in my grace, in my thing. Because he'll become very despondent as a business person to try and follow somebody that's in ministry to walk in my ways. That creates something. You know what the enemy is so cunning in? That burden becomes a spirit of a false burden. You're carrying something that does not belong to you. And you'll feel like I'm, no, I'm never doing anything enough. Why? Because you're trying to walk in the way that I'm walking. It's not your grace. Walk in your own grace. I see the Lord, and it's weird how I'm speaking to you. JP, the Lord is literally taking something off of you. He's lifting something off of you. Because you're anointed for business. That's all the Lord called you to do. The places where you become despondent is actually the places where the Lord is saying that, hey, come away with me. Do you feel heavy, burdened? Come away with me. I'll show you how to live. Matthew 11, uh, 29 to, to 30. There's a grace to walk in your own footsteps. But if we're trying to measure the way, even like with Pastor Given, he might connect in the Lord in a different way, but it's, that's not me. The point is, I just need to be connected. I can't put up the facade of Christianity because I'm not, I'm not trying to fool people. I'm fooling myself. I can't speak about intimacy if there's no fruit of intimacy. You know what's the fruit of intimacy? Not things happening all around me, but I've actually got peace. People are so heavy. Man, don't be heavy. How could you be in the presence of Jesus and feel heavy? All serious. Nobody can speak. Shh. No, that's your personality that loves that. I'm that person as well if, if we go on holiday I love to to just sit and enjoy yeah, yeah, yeah. my wife is the walker she wants to walk everywhere I'm like why? we drove like eight hours to come here now you want to walk can we just sit? it's fulfilling to her I'm just like can we just enjoy and I feel like don't put pressure on me because you're taking me out of my space William am I speaking the truth it's the truth because what fulfills one person does not fulfill the second one and that's the beauty of a relationship with Jesus it's not about a genre it's not about a song but when we come to that place and you feel like I didn't feel it today it's not about you Can we just take that label off of you? If you came into church and you're like, it's it's all about you. They were not singing about you. They were singing about Jesus. It's not your style. It's not your preference. It's about Him. The church is called to make the manifold wisdom of God known to the powers and the principalities. That That word manifold means a flower of different shades of color if I don't understand that there's many colors in one flower, the wisdom of God does not get shown to the principalities to say there is power in the differences. Right. And unbelief grips people because I'm trying to walk in another person's grace. God's will. It's interesting that the Bible says in Hebrews 4, it says labor to enter the rest of God. Why must I labor? Because it takes a lot of effort to find out what is the will of God for my life, not for Megan's life. Most of us, I'm trying to discern what is God saying to you? No, live your own. Walk in your, stay in your own lane. Stay in your lane. And while I'm doing it, I see there's people around me. It's like, and I see they are... Uh, But it's not my problem. I need to make sure that I run the race that the Lord has called me to do and finish well. They need to give an account themselves to the Lord Jesus Christ. And therefore, as I'm running this race, I can just encourage people. Come on, can I just say this one thing? The church needs to become better at encouraging people. We need to become better in that. Even though I don't agree maybe with what Tatu is doing or Crescendo, I can encourage you. Not encourage you with a sting. It's like I encourage uh, Crescendo, you are crazy creative. You've got a drawing ability like, not what I've seen. It's a gift. Use it. Keep on doing it. The Lord enjoys it. Is it true? Exactly. So what am I saying? I'm saying that people need more encouragement. Richard, can I share with you? Yes, you caught my attention. Actually, actually while we were worshipping, as we stepped in, yeah, man, you just stood out. You know, uh, this, this picture, I get it very seldom, but you know when Samson was, was he was causing a lot of trouble. Né? He took foxes and he tied their tails together And He set them on fire and He set them into the harvest field. I see how the Lord is actually sending you into places, but He set you ablaze. The Lord has caused you and purposed for you, man, to be so on fire for Him. There's something so beautiful about the way that you just, you are just you. And the thing about it is that you think people are not seeing and you... Man, people are looking to you. The, the Lord has caused so much fire. Maybe you feel like maybe things are not the same. Man, I'm telling you, don't look to that. The Lord is still placed that fire inside of you. You are a torch. You are a, something the Lord is sending out. There's something upon your life that will change. Even your friends who are just like, I'm not that person. Man, the Lord is going to touch them through your life. You've got that grace upon you. There's a reason why people just like you. It's a gift. Okay, sorry, can I just come back? The will of God, it's important. We must labor to everything to walk in the will of God. To do what? To rest in Him. I must work hard to rest in Him. It doesn't make sense. That's why it creates faith. Second thing, we need to be rejecting fear. You know, fear is paralyzing most believers not to do anything for God. Fear. Fear is the enemy's faith. And it keeps us bound in places of fear that nobody ever steps out to do something significant for God because what if, what if nothing happens? Man, what if something happens when you do it? should be the type of people that when something around us happens that's out of place the first thing that should be coming out of your mouth is to say I reject fear why because perfect love casts out all fear it doesn't just escort somebody out like sorry you're making trouble go go cast out means like you throw something out the love of God which is gentle is fierce when it comes to, to fear That's why the enemy loves when there's demonic things to cause a scene for you to fear, and you feel like, oh. It's interesting that the demonic child who threw himself in the convulsion in front of Jesus, if you look at the context, he should have done the same thing in front of the disciples. And the disciples was looking, why can't we cast this thing out? Because he's like, ah. Because we look with our natural eyes, and Jesus just asked this question for how long has he been doing this? He's like that since he was a baby. and She's like, "You unclean spirit, get out!" Yeah, Why? Because we are not taking things on by how they look. I'm not saying that you should also go in this witch. I'm trying to. I'm walking around. He's like, well, "Who's got demonic problems?" You know, no. You see this? Now I'm the spiritual police. Listen, you don't have a badge. Surrender. <laughs> Nobody has called us to be the spiritual police. Whoop, whoop. Can we just surrender your weapon? We don't use the Bible to fight other people. The, the Word of God was made to fight demonic strongholds. I don't use the Bible to fight another believer. You are using weapons in an illegal way to try and quote a Scripture to somebody to fight them. It's illegal. We are caused the sword of the spirit which is the word of God is all weapons for the demonic realm when it comes to believers I'm called to love and to encourage to exhort and to cover but there's also times of correction when we measure ourselves against the word of God not fight people with the word of God okay now let me not even get into that Last one, overcoming unbelief by the love of God. It's interesting that, that there was a time where there was a picture with, um, where Jesus was sleeping in the boat and the disciples were waking Him up and they're like, Jesus, don't you even care? If I don't understand the love of God, I'll always question Him. He doesn't care, He doesn't see me So what do I need to do? I need to work harder so that other people can see me. Why are you working for the approval of man? Even if people are in prominent position, it's not about them. You need to live your life to please God. Because if I make myself so, I think it was Bill Johnson who said it, it was so beautiful. He said, if I make myself so busy, it's called artificial significance. If I make myself busy so that people would recognize me, just see me, just see me. And I make myself busy so that the reger can see, okay, yes, uh, yo, he's, 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 doing a lot, he's busy. It's not a competition. I can't do what Pastor Shemaine is doing. Like, um, we can maybe do verse advice, but she's got the grace to do. I can't compete myself, compare myself with her. It will kill me. The same way with, if, if I look to Elsie, you, you're raising a, a small daughter and I can be like, you know, that daughter, you should be raising her in that way or whatever. I don't have a daughter. I've got two sons. So how am I going to give you advice about raising your daughter? This, this, the thing that I'm trying to say is that if I'm trying to live my life, in this place where I'm trying to to just spill out and make myself busier more influential in ways if I'm pulling myself up into a position I need to sustain myself also in that position but if the Lord raises you up, He will keep you there that's where most people are tired because you worked yourself in a position, now you need to keep yourself there and the winds are heavy you feel like you I didn't feel it's this top, uh, there's so much responsibility. Well, you worked yourself in there. The rest of God positions you. The Bible says in the book of Exodus, it says that little by little, you must increase. And then it gives the reason why you should increase. It says because if you are not increasing the land, it says the beast of the fields will outgrow you and they'll overpower you. It's like you praying, Lord, can I have an X5? In the name of Jesus. Then the Lord is answering you. Because now you've got a flat wheel. And now you must change the Karasabanda. Okay? And now you go there to um, to Isaac, because Isaac is he's selling tires. Now now I come to Isaac and I'm like, listen, I've, I've been blessed with the X5. I'm, I'm now the, the main Mackey. Uh, can I have a tire? And he says, uh, X5 tire, uh about five grand a tire. And you're like, what? Uh, sorry, f- f- 500 Rand. No, 5,000 Rand. Now the blessing that you prayed for is the same thing that is actually drawing you back. Because you've not increased into the measure of where you're going to be walking into most believers are in a place where they force themselves into but you can't sustain it and it causes us to become despondent and then walk in unbelief because now the thing I'm trusting God for now I need to even trust the Lord for not even the car, just for wheels it's important that you understand the will of God cast out fear and then throw yourself into love of God because those are the things that keeps you. Not the opinion of people. It doesn't matter. David writes, he says, Who is man that they, what can they do to you? What can man do to you? Come on, the opinion of man is one of the biggest strongholds the enemy has placed on people. Because if I come in with the overall pants, into a setting like this and be like yeah, what are they gonna think no I'm, a, I'm, I'm actually the leader in the place so I'm the, I'm, I'm the uh, they just forced me to wear this work clothes but actually you're just the happy doing whatever but you do a shame because you want people to see you in prominence I'm saying you we need to shake off cast off the opinion of people it will cause you to carry a burden that is not yours I don't have to impress people. A few years ago, can I tell the last story before we just pray? A few years ago, we were in a place and the Lord challenged us and He says, because we, we just changed God, and, like, and it was so nice and the Lord challenged me. It's like, He said to me, Stefan, who are you going to try to impress? He asked me the question. And uh, it was a question, I'm trying to reason with the Lord and it's like, myself, and my way. we had this conversation, we're like, no, oh, we're not trying to impress anybody you lying to yourself. And the Lord challenged us. He says, will you go and humble yourself and live below your means? And it was a tough thing to do. And uh, we went, we sold our car, and we said, okay, we're going to drive. We bought a Renault Quid. It was a very small car. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for that season that's been over. It was a small car. It was a very humbling car. We went on holiday to Mossel Bay, driving 13 hours with two children in the back of that car. And I cried out to the Lord, Lord, do you even see me? People thought I was heavy in prayer. I was just crying out to the Lord, this is so uncomfortable. But you know what? That the opinion of man matters so much that I can't even drive a tool, it's not a toy. It's a tool. It gets me from A to B. People go into debt to try and impress people who don't even care about you. They're here today. A new car is amazing. That fresh smell of the leather seats is... And it lasts for about a week. And everybody was so excited about your car. They even forgot about your car. But you're trying to push your means up there and then you need to apply faith to sustain those means. That's why people are walking in unbelief because God is not going through for me. Yes, He is. But you're pushing yourself into a place that's beyond your means. It's not a revelation. Sometimes we need to be like my children's, like, hey, go with me in the room. Somebody needs to just speak sense to us. Saying, so my faith is failing. No, your faith is working perfectly fine. You've received the measure of faith. It's a gift. But unbelief grapples me because I'm trying to live in a place that is not my grace. Can I come down? As we were, as so I was just sitting this afternoon and it was, it was amazing. I just... As I was just sitting, I was just praying. My youngest son came into the room and he says, can I sit by you? And it was first a commotion with my eldest because he wanted to build Legos while I was busy praying. And I felt like I can't pray where I just get, (laughs) I'm like, just go and play on the other side. And my youngest son came in and he, while I was just sitting on the bed and I was just praying and just praying in the spirit, he came and he laid in my arm. And while I was just doing, he fell asleep. And I thought myself, while I was busy praying, this is the place where the Lord wants me to live from. That He knows that He's got full access to come anytime. And even though I'm busy with somebody else, I've got a meeting with the Lord Jesus. He's welcome to come and sit in that same place and fall asleep in a place of rest. And it was so wonderful. Before my alarm Went off because I said, need to set reminders because if you pray, you can lose time. So I set reminders. And before my alarm went off, he woke up and he just smiled at me and he says, I can just live here. And I found myself, yes, we need to go to the toy shop and just buy you something. Just, just because I want to. The place that we need to live from is that rest. Unbelief is causing us to live in places that's not designed for us. And the enemy has even stopped playing that because we've already received it. Unbelief, you can actually just cast off. If I understand that Jesus loves me, if I can trust Him, that He would save my soul for all of eternity, then this life on earth that is so small, faith is actually not even required. If I can believe, if I would close my eyes right now and to For all eternity, I'm going to be with the Lord Jesus Christ. If I can have faith for that, then for bills to be paid off and whatever things, that is so small. It takes greater faith to believe that He saved me for all eternity. So don't tell me you don't have faith. You've got faith. But there's also a lot of distractions. And this evening as I just prayed, I just felt how oh, the Lord just wants to lift that burden off of people. It's called a false burden. It's not yours. The only thing that you should be carrying is your own cross. Daily. What that means is I don't wake up with this heavy thing. When I wake up in the morning, I said it to somebody this week. They asked me, why is happy in the morning? Well, it's a choice. My wife is not like that. She's like a generator. You can't put on the power immediately. Just let it run for a few minutes. You know, you'll blow up that generator if you just... My wife has got this look. Can I just expose her? It's so amazing. We are just different. I'm that person. I wake up and I can be immediately. So I go to my children. I'm like, listen, what did you dream last night? So tell me. Why? Because I'm encouraging them to hear from the Lord. So why did the Lord speak to you in your dreams? And they, they're like, you know, I dreamed this. and blah, blah, blah. My wife is very different. I would wake her up. I'd be like, my lovey. And I put the coffee next to the bed. And I leave. And then I just check. Okay, she's not responding. She's still breathing, but not responding. So I would just say, my lovey. Just that you know, this is the time. And she would be like, this amazing response. Mm. I'm like, okay, not gonna put pressure right now, because too much electricity on generators will cause this thing to trip. I don't want her to trip. So we're just letting it idle first. It's there, and then we switch on one light at a time. I'm like Boki, just wanna ask you. Um, Am I taking the children to school or you? Who's doing lunch? Maybe to help you, maybe I can take them to school and you can pack the lunch. I'm already thinking for us. So I'm putting on one light at a time. Okay? The Lord is not like that. Every morning when you wake up, he's there sitting waiting for you just to speak to him. He's waiting for you to fall And be the first thing that's on your mind is Him. See, when I started dating my wife, we stayed up times that was ridiculous. And the next day I would go to work and I think, how can I survive on an hour and a half of sleep? Love makes you do crazy things. I spent money that I didn't even have. And if I think back, how did I, I don't know. and then I, I just dropped her off and when I just dropped her I would send her a message hey I miss you like who does that? are we so still in love with the Lord that He's the first person on your mind and the last one when you go to sleep that nobody needs to encourage you to say hey have you read your Bible? hey have you spent time with the Lord? have you connected with Him? That's why we're walking in so much unbelief because the connection is not there. That's why Paul can write and says, I am persuaded. Nobody needs to convince you if you had an experience. I'm asking you, if you're carrying that burden, you feel like honestly, it's, I'm carrying something that's not mine. I'm not speaking about this depro moment because all of the ministry is not always that. You're carrying a burden that is not yours and it feels like that connection is just not, it's not there. I would love to pray for you tonight because one of the things is a decision you need to make for yourself. The second thing is there is a spirit of a false burden that comes over people and it sits upon you like that old, um, what is that advertisement? Um, chicken licking. You know that small monkey that was, yeah, well, yeah. a small craving and all of a sudden it's this big monkey, gorilla that's on That's how that burden becomes. Small thing in your mind, and the more you start festering it, the bigger it grows, and we need to uproot that tonight. So, if that's you, won't you quickly stand with me?